A poor soul of noble origins, a squire tested in battle, a knight errant forged in Camelot, a man strengthened by love. Join Adam as Sir Gulliston and Craig as the Game Master in Blood and Lust, a King Arthur Pendragon duet game of chivalry and mythic adventure. Let us win glory for our king, who will reward us with honors and lands, and the devil take the hindmost. Welcome back to year 534 of Pendragon Blood and Lust. How are you doing today, Adam? Good. How are you doing, Craig? Pretty good. So uh, in an effort to just keep this going forward, uh, let's get right into winter phase because uh, we have a lot to cover. And um, I have a feeling that winter phase will take extra long today. I have a lot of checked boxes from the uh, from the last couple sessions we had. So speaking of uh, checks, let's start off this year with a yearly event. So can I get a D20, please? 13. Oh, you got my favorite, a saga event. So can I get a D20 plus 10 because you are a landed knight now? Uh, 12. You're really going to like this. Um, so what is like pretty much the favorite thing that uh, Sir Golson possesses? Hmm, that would probably be my horse. Absolutely. I knew you were going to say that. So Kelly, uh, I, Kelly uh, has been determined to be intelligent. How so intelligent? Uh, what, do, what do you think that means, actually? I put it back he on you. He can talk? Does he? I, I, maybe it's like a Mr. Ed sort of thing where he just goes, and you know what he means? And how many enemies do you see, Kelly? And he's like claps his hoof or something and can count them out. Yeah, it's probably just like a, maybe like a superstition that's gone too far. Just like, you know, I was in the barn the other day and I swear Kelly knew my thoughts and, and then started, somebody else might agree. And <laughs> it's just like, then you look away to like check on Baldrick and suddenly you turn back around and he's doing your taxes or something. It's like, uh, there was a lot of like unfinished work left and somehow amazingly like through the night, it's like, it seems as though Kelly just like, uh, you know, just did all the tidying and uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, maybe uh, he like put down in your ledgers to buy more oats or something. <laughs> he has a passion, love oats. So that that's awesome. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's great. I always knew he was a special horse. All right. So um, now that you got that amazing here event, which I really Really excited for that one. Uh, let's go on to our uh, kin events. Uh, you have a you have an average size family, so could I get a D6, please? Four. Oh, nothing. They're not getting up to the trouble this year. All right, uh, moving on. Let's, uh, let's get your um, experience checks out of the way. So just go down the line and roll your D20s. For all those things that are checked, and let me know at the very end what has changed. This might take a while. I did get a brand new, uh, nice pencil and eraser just for this. So, what if I roll equal to something? Uh, rolling equal is passing it because it's a crit. So, so it would stay the same. Yeah, it would. Uh, I should do all the sections right now, right? 
For my flirting, I had a 15 written down. Was that like a, did I get like a temporary increase in some of these skills or is this, I know I had a plus three courtly uh, skills, but I just kind of like wrote that onto the side. I'm just trying to think like there can't be a way that it would be that high, right? Oh, but there can be. Isn't that your family's trait? Oh yeah, it is actually. That's true. That's true. That is okay. That makes sense. And it actually just got even better too. So (laughs) how appropriate. Okay. All right. All right. So what sort of changes um, have we seen in Sir Golston for this winter phase? Okay. So my vengeful went up by one uh, and in turn, my forgiving went down by one. Uh, my so what are those spiritual... new values? Oh yeah. I'm sorry. So my new value would be uh, nine vengeful and 11 forgiving. Um, also, my spiritual went up one to so now it's 12 and uh, my worldly went down so now it's eight um my valorous went up one uh so it is now a 15 and my cowardly is now five um oh yeah and um my arbitrary went up one so my just went down one so my arbitrary is now five um so for my passions my honor went up by one point. It is now 18. That helps set off the going down. Yeah. Uh, that that was it for passions. Um, for my skills, uh, my awareness went up one point. So it went from a nine to a 10. My courtesy went up one point from a 10 to an 11. Uh, my flirting, which was like mega high, Went from a 15 to a 16. You notable uh, flirt. Yeah. My heraldry went from a five to a six. And my intrigue went from a seven to an eight. Um, for my combat skills, my battle went from a 12 to a 13. Um, also, my sword went from a 10 to an 11. And that's it. Yeah, that's starting to get respectable in some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still in all, a pretty well-rounded character. And uh, next step, aging. Uh, Increase your age by one. How old is Sir Golston now? 24 years old. Still a young book and does not need to make uh, rolls on the aging table, luckily. Um, Next, we're going to go on to economics, which it's a bit different this year compared to other um, years. So you spent um, a lot of the fall and um, the previous summer just basically resettling it, um, bringing in all those peasants. Uh, The hall, your um, small stone hall, was cleared of debris and, you know, got some basic furnishings in it. But uh, most of of the peasants were busy rebuilding, um, like, homes to themselves. Um, There's barely enough time to plant a few crops. you know, winter, it, it was pretty rough. Um, could I get a, uh, you obviously survived. Um, how, how did you survive? So I'm trying to kind of picture it. Uh, I'm imagining it's like me and, you know, a handful of these peasants and my squire uh, in this kind of like ruined settlement. It's pretty small and uh, there's not really much for us. Right. Um, you know, even the, the, like the Mott and Bailey um, 
kind of like it's it's basically in ruin so i don't really know how i i would have made it through the winter uh probably just kind of like uh I, i would like to imagine that he tried to kind of like uh be in like a leadership role and like cheer people on a little bit and kind of just like you know like we're you know like we're in this together and stuff and like you know kind of like giving them hope about what will be uh on the other side when when we survive and we you know like resettle this land and uh make it glorious again that sort of sounds like um uh stewardship so i'm gonna have you check your stewardship um yeah that's you you do barely survive though um it's it's not comfortable it's not what you thought being like your own lord or so would have been probably but uh there's there's awful lot more like grunt work that needed to be done and like you are a knight um it's it's kind of taboo for you to do menial physical labor so it makes sense for you to be just like directing and doing a lot of planning um so uh, the the fruits of your effort are, you know, still there. And the next part would be to collect your income. Uh, we talked a bit offline about how much money you would be getting from your um, manor. So Lily Stream is um, basically written up as a 10 Libra manor. So your discretionary income would be base, base one Libra. And there's a few like cheats to it. Um, you don't really have a wife and children, so you're saving money there. Uh, you do have um, the court expenses from the moot that basically you get paid uh, for making judgments on court fees. Uh, you get paid for court fees for making judgments. That was kind of rolled into the the manor. However, that kind of offsets the the townhouse you have in Wernensis. Um, which I decided is going to be in uh, the town of Warwick, which is the seat of the county. But um, yeah, so you would be you'd be getting two because despite not having a wife, that means you would have to hire a locator. Uh, sorry, hire your own steward to run things for for you, unless you want to use your own stewardship roles for this, which I would advise against. Yeah, um, it's. No, that I wouldn't be good at that. Um, yeah, I'll definitely hire hires somebody. Okay, so next step is to collect your two Libra from the past harvest. Um, that's what you're due, despite it being a pretty crappy um, time for the peasants. The, the tax is the tax, so they suffer a lot earlier before you do. So what does that uh, bring your total of your uh, your treasury to? including the um the little gift you got to get things going uh so this would be adding two to my current total libra correct and remember that uh uh the good queen guinevere gifted you uh 12 libra last year to kind of get things going how many sorry one more time how many denarii in a libra hold that thought uh 240 is it 240? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. All right, let me do some quick math. Yeah, page 183, uh, one Libra is 240 denarii or 20 shillings. Okay, so then that means right now I have 
11 and a half lira. I had to do some, uh, I have some like deductions here because I had, uh, I got 12 from, uh, I had three plus 12. And then I have like all these uh, minus 60 that I gave to my cousin, minus 80 from the, for the hawk. Uh, I have a minus 700 here for something. And then uh, another minus 50. And then uh, plus two from the, you know, from my income for this year. Um, So that puts me at 11.5. Yeah, I'm just trying to do some math because, like, you should have. Were you in the hole? You shouldn't have been in the uh, hole. Wait, what's up? Were you in the hole? I mean, unless you I should something. You should have have at least uh, fourteen from your the gift at the end of the year plus the two. Oh, maybe I didn't add. Uh, what's in your pocket? Uh, I'm just reading from my equipment at home. There's probably something I missed from one of the sessions. Um. I mean, I did mark that I got the the lira from the Queen's Knights. Do I just call it uh, fourteen even? Okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, because yeah, you wouldn't have been in the hole, but uh, I know you did give some to the church and some to uh, get that hawk. But I don't recall any other major and some to your cousins. But I don't recall any other major expenditures. And I know that Sir Amron had gifted you some valuables as well. I might not have marked. Uh... Sir Amron's gift. Okay. So you do put out the word to get yourself a steward to kind of help you manage this. And like, it takes several weeks and you, he does show up in like early spring, which is still part of the winter phase. Um, And um, you are, you're, you're greeted by this uh, Roman Christian looking guy um, who introduced himself as Arius Lurko, um, he is a specialist locator, and he he says that uh, if you hire him, he'll inspect your land, make res- recommendations for um, buildings, and manage your accounts for you. And like uh, when I see him, and I kind of like appraise him, do I uh, get like a trustworthy vibe from him? I think I'm kind of in a desperate situation where I need to just like hire somebody fast. But I just want to make sure I'm not like making a mistake by hiring this man. Well, you could roll your trusting. Yeah, let me do that. I actually fail my trusting. <laughs> All right, roll your uh, roll your uh, suspicious. Well, I fail my suspicious as well. So, so you have the cho- chance to choose. I think I'll. I think I'll give you a shot, Arius. Excellent, Sir Gulliston. Uh Well. I do have a few recommendations, he says, as he's looking around and seeing kind of the ruddy state that your land is in. But you you will have to make the final decision on these. Ah, indeed. But uh, of course, I'm, I'm open to your expertise and your suggestions. So he indicates the ruins of the Mountain Bailey um, Tower. It's kind of like, just like, crumbling and rotting and burnt wood he says you could you, you could probably just declare that a loss for now um he mentions that fortifications uh while impressive they would take a lot of upkeep and besides the taxes from the peasants and the meager farms that they started um eking out you don't really have anything that's generating any revenue for you and he starts using a bunch of big words like uh, 
owe like household expenses, customary revenue, and it's probably all Greek to you at this point. I kind of try to just like, you know, when he finishes talking, I try to like get, I try to just get off my chest that I was kind of worried in the winter months that I wouldn't be able to keep the support of, of, you know, the, of the peasants. And, uh, you know, if you say that the, that the Mott and Bailey is a wash, I'll take your word for it. I certainly don't want the, the people to feel like they're, you know, overly paying into something that doesn't benefit them. Uh, you know, all I really have to offer is my leadership. And if I lose that, then I don't have anything here. And I'm kind of just like, you know, now I'm talking his ear off. So. Well, sir, as I understand, you are mandated by the queen and by extension, the king to eventually refortify these lands. But let's see if we can uh, establish some passive income before draining all your profits away on some sort of folly. And he kind of smiles. Indeed, indeed. I'm glad you understand. So for now, um, let's suggest some buildings that will start to generate some passive income. He indicates the land um, around. He's like, um, right there, um, you have crops, but uh, um, your land it could also support a sheep farm. He indicates the rivers and says that uh, weirs and a fishery um, could generate something. He indicates another set of land and suggests maybe a dairy. Um, and he also mentions that um, if you're if you want to be really energetic, um, a melisarium will you know really get you um, get the blood going and you know kind of get you in an energetic mood because back in the day they attributed certain traits to different animals. Um, he indicates further on and says, "Well, the forest sauvage is um, reputous even in." the lands where I am from, but logging the forest is also an option, but it could be overexploited in time. And then like he waits for a few of the, you know, lackeys carrying uh, bales of hay and like wheelbarrows to pass. And then he says, and of course you could always squeeze your peasants if you want a little more out of them. And once it, um, um, once uh, he's, he kind of waits to, ga- to gauge your reaction from that. Uh, Golston is definitely silent at that. It's not something that he is fond of considering. And I, I don't think it kind of aligns with his vision of himself. Uh, so he's just going to kind of be silent at that. Sort of like, um, if you have to, you have to, but it's not exactly plan A. I feel like it's a unspoken thing that probably happens a lot. And I'm not going to like just completely condemn the practice because there's probably people that I'm like friends with that, have done similar things, but I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to like kind of entertain it yet. A, a certain amount of like graft and grift is sort of expected um, of, of a Lord. And, but there's a difference between like, you know, getting a little bit extra and like really giving it to them. Um, but uh, Arius um, speaks up and says, and of course a proper house to receive the blessings of a Lord and, um, Savior Jesus Christ would do very nicely in improving morale, but like fortifications would take some upkeep. I do like a, a cross sign back to him, and I'm just like, oh, yes, uh, of course, of course. And that is uh, utmost on the list of important things that we we must incorporate into this uh, into this land. 
but um, I liked the sound of a, a of a sheep's farm or a dairy. Uh, growing up, I uh, you know I often enjoyed those things and saw them as a sign of prosperity, and I would like to bring that to my people here. Of course, I can get started that right away. Which would you like to pursue? Sheep farm. All right, he says as he digs out his big tome labeled the book of the estate they actually had um back in like victorian times they had uh books called like the book of the farm and it gave like practical advice for um raising uh, different types of animals and running estates so i i'm just tickled that they kind of kept the theme going yeah, it is cool that it's just like a practical guide to like estates in the game. But yeah, that uh, that titling uh, convention is very cool. So at this point, um, a sheep herd would cost you uh, seven libra up front. So you would spend that now and write down on your uh, state sheet, your estate sheet under your improvement section. Um, you're in winter phase four, 34, you invested uh, money for a sheep farm or sheep herd. Yeah. Sheep farm. Every farm has some sheep, but they are a source of income in areas that are unsuitable for farming, especially in hill, hilly lands. Uh, Salisbury, which is the default setting with its extensive chalk downs is one of these areas. About half the income from Salisbury manors come from sheep, but this is pretty much the case in all of Britain. Um, thus a 10 Libra manor gets half its income from meat and wool of its herds. So one of your uh, one of your lots is now filled with an area that's kind of being sectioned off for sheep. And basically next winter phase, hopefully it's built and starts and could start generating some income with you. So you would spend your seven Libra now. Okay. And uh, yeah, I deducted that from the sheet. And I probably imagine as they're kind of like fencing off and getting things ready that I'm talking to Baldrick and, you know, I think Golston maybe like heard from somebody or seen somebody else's experience and he thinks sheeps are a sure thing. And I'm just kind of telling Baldrick that, yeah, sheeps are a sure thing. This is going to be a good investment. Yeah. So Baldrick um, responds like, uh, yeah, I, we had plenty of them on the farms growing up myself. So he thinks it's a great idea, but then again, he's your squire. He's literally paid to agree with everything you say. Of course. Wouldn't have it any other way. So for um, the next step um, in economics is, you know, establishing your standard of living. But um, I think you probably want to stick with ordinary level for now because like the at a rich level, it's more about getting survival roles, and you'd have to pay like a superlative letter level to get any benefit to like horse roles. So, um, speaking of horse roles, here comes the uh, the um, possibly the most dreaded time. Can you make me a d twenty roll, please? Ten. Kelly lives. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah, that, I was just dreading this the entire time because I'm like, oh, he got a cool, intelligent horse. I would suck if it died the first time. Uh, if he did, I probably would spend the rest of my life talking about how goddamn smart that horse was. And I only recognized it, too, at the very end. You know, and people didn't even get to see it. Uh, but luckily, that's not the case. 
the next step is marriage. You are a landed knight now, and you could pretty much, if you wanted to, marry any commoner you wanted. But I've I have a feeling that Sir Gulliston's um saving himself. Yeah, I absolutely am. There's a there's one specific person in Gulliston's mind and heart. The peasant girl near Castle Terrible? No, actually it's it's not her. Um it's uh it's my fair lady Avielli. Uh and uh speaking of Avielli, um several weeks of hasty construction goes on as this as starts to go as you know, the snow starts to smelt and before um, the spring crops could be planted. So there's not a whole lot for you to do. So, you know, you decide to uh, uh, leave your hall in the care of your steward and go check out um, the um, local area of um, Warensis and pay a visit to the local lord and of course, check out your townhouse in Warwick, which is the county seat of Warrensis. So, you know, you go over there and, you know, you, you check into your top townhouse. Um, you, you might bring like a like a, a, a young family in there um, with you along to kind of live in it and keep it um, keep it up for you um, when you're not there, because it's basically like a, your city home. But if you don't have people living in it, it it'll kind of like go to shit pretty quick. So, yeah, um, you you bring along a few peasants to just keep the hearth warm. And, you know, it's it's a townhouse that has like two rooms, which is pretty significant. Um, But its most important feature is its location. And before they settle in, I kind of like tell them, like, not a scratch. There are plenty of scratches because it's like the wattle and dorb and literally it's made of like chalk and poop yeah i slap him on the back and jest um so you're walking around um warwick and you um you know you run into a very familiar face at this court um it's the you know you, you you're probably surprised to see her there but um like you know all falls away when you stare into the bluest of blue eyes yeah it's kind of like a slow motion uh, thing I kind of like you know I ride I ride up and I probably like see her and I kind of just like stop the horse and then for a second in my head I'm just kind of like picturing us running through fields together and then I kind of just like snap to my senses and I'm just kind of like staring you know she's probably like a good 20 30 feet away and uh you know then I'll kind of like slowly start to to ride up as a uh, proud and confident looking as I can be so she sees you coming and quickly dismisses her uh, lady in waiting. So the two of you could be alone. I ride up and then I uh, step down from the horse and I take a knee in front of her. And Baldur's kind of looking at you and is like, oh, right. Maybe, uh, sir, if I could, you know, maybe stable your horse and give it a good rub down. Uh, indeed, Baldrick. Thank you. And like Kelly kind of like inclines his head, goes and like gives you a nuzzle and you kind of like jet forward a little bit and, you know, kind of like bump really close. And she's all smiles as uh Baldrick leads your horse away. Kelly's like the horse in the Disney movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll definitely kind of try to make like a formal greeting to her. I'll just be like, ah, oh, my, my fair lady, Avielli, 
it is it is so nice to see you in this new land uh i am making myself uh you know and i'm gonna kind of like lie a little bit but i'm gonna say like i'm making myself a quite comfortable home in lily stream uh but nothing brings me such as as much happiness as as seeing you again does that do you think that's more of a flirting or courtesy role you're trying to make there um i'm definitely i mean or is it romance it might be romance. I mean, I'm trying to kind of like give her like a grand greeting by just saying like, yeah, like I have this place and it rules, but even that wasn't as as good as like me seeing you right now type of thing, you know? Th- this is actually kind of sounding like you're a bit impassioned. Yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, but if this goes poorly, all right. I mean, yeah. If, if you- I mean, it is, I am impassioned by seeing her. Yes. Would you like to roll your Amor Avielli? Yes. Okay, I got a nine. Uh, my Amor Avielli is 24. Is that still accurate? That's still... Uh... Yes. So um, okay. basically what the 24 means, you crit on a 16 or higher. Um, in this case, it's a, a, a pass. So that gives you plus 10 to the thing you're trying to impassion. So would you like plus 10 to courtesy or romance or flirting? Uh, I would like to do plus 10 to romance and I don't really have like a super high romance, but I think that this kind of encompasses what I'm trying to do. It's more, it's more than flirting. It's more really than like wooing. I'm trying to like get to her heart right now with this. Uh, So yeah, let me give that a roll. I'm trying to get under a 15. Nice. I got a three. Oh, thank God you passed it. Cause I was just reading the, um, the rules for shocked. But uh, yeah, so she's obviously um, moved by your words um, and you should check your romance skill because that's actually becoming more important now that you're, you're, you know, you're going for something a little bit more than just like the occasional necking. But uh, yeah, she turns to you and she says, a true champion of love. Ah, yes, I was pleased to hear of um, your merciful actions. Um, even even little things like that uh, has reached my ears over at Stonelay. Oh, and um, I would definitely kind of tell her, like you know, oh, like so you heard you heard of what happened, and I'll tell her what became of him. Like he's been, you know, he's he's reformed himself in some ways. Uh, still not to be trusted, but he's been helping out in the in the township quite a bit. So what are, have you been having Fulton do? Um. Definitely like the lowest tier of grunt work. So like, I mean, I know it's all dirty jobs and it's all the type of stuff that nobody wants to do, but just like whatever the bottom tier of those tasks are, that's what Fulton is tasked with doing. And like he's carry water and latrine duty and yep. And just like shoveling horse poop and human poop and all that kind of stuff. But, um, like he's expected to kind of do it with like a, a smile on his face, I guess. Not really, but like expected to kind of do it with grace. Uh, she seems delighted by this because like the alternative was just straight up killing him. And uh, she says, a, two, a true champion of love is as generous as he is merciful. If you really love me, and she kind of waits for that to sink in. And I say, and I do. I wish you to find a needy person, a peasant, a poor noble, a knight errant, and help him out. I wish you to give him a year of your income. 
Wow. I will do this, my love. She's, she smiles and uh, like rewards you with a touch of her hand on your wrist. So that's like nice, almost pornographic by medieval standards because it's yeah. Like, so um, like you know you're you're walking and you're walking and talking and you know spending a lot as much time as uh, you dare with her, um, just because at this point neither of you are um, with chaperone, so it's it's borderline scandalous, but like you could presumably be escorting her somewhere, perhaps to her lord's court. Uh, but uh, could you make me an awareness roll? Um, that is a fail, a nineteen on a ten. Ah, uh, so then you 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 don't re- you don't realize that anyone is watching you at all because you are uh, otherwise occupied. Yeah, and I guess I'm probably kind of just distracted by being with my number one crush. So eventually, you do. Um, uh, drop her off and she bats her eyelashes and basically it, it waits for you to uh, awaits a word of your generosity basically so um you're walking around and at some point uh you, you probably decide to you know pay respects to the host um, of the city um count art Char who um, you learn is, you know, the count and lord of all of, of County Wernesses, which Lily Stream is in, and so is Warwick and Stonelay, um, Sir Amron's old manor, which, you know, is and has been uh, Lady Avielli's home. And this has kind of like always been her home, except now she's kind of like inherited it uh, because of the death of her parents. Uh, pretty much. And, you know... You know, it would probably be a dowry to whatever man was lucky enough to uh, marry her. Goldston's not in it for the dowry, but that is pretty cool. So do you have any business at um, Count Artgulachar's um, courts? I definitely would just kind of make introductions, kind of just tell him that I'm like the new Lord of Lily Stream right now. That would be the correct terminology, right? Yeah, um, you're... The steward of it because yeah i'm the steward i would tell him i'm the i'm the steward of of uh, lily stream yeah and actually actually that's a really good point back in uh like medieval britain and in this case uh mythic britain the land holdings weren't as clear-cut and usually not even contiguous so you might have like um like most of your land in this one county and then have like a few manors um, that just pay rent and then you have other people like run for you. So that's pretty much what's going on. Even though um, you are like, you were at least um, part of uh, Sir Gregor's household, um, your appointment to the Queen's Knights um, kind of superseded that. So despite you still, you know, giving service to um, Sir Gregor, like, really queen guinevere is sort of your lord now but you're in land that is controlled by for the most part uh count Artgulachar. it's it's starting to get really um like muddled and confusing for this portion of the of the romance period where like you have conflicting allegiances at some point so that being the case um you could actually change your uh feel it uh, fealty sir gregor back to loyalty 
Okay, I erased fealty. I'm yeah. uh, back and to just, loyalty. Yep. I mean, just the name has changed because your regard for him as a man is still very high. But um, yeah, you're you you have your homage, Arthur, which um, your lands are kind of directly from, but not because it's through Queen Guinevere's uh, retinue that you're. It's it's very confusing and muddled at this point. Yeah, it's like a. I kind of feel like um, it kind of has this vibe of just like Hollywood almost like there's just all these kind of like rich, almost like celebrity, uh, like landowners and lords and, and stuff like that. And then like you're just kind of like thrown into this world of them and just like, yeah, you know, you're... it's just like this various degree of celebrity and just like I feel like people are like gifted these like certain lands or obtain certain things. It's like on, you know. And it's just like you said, it's just very like muddied. Yeah, like um, you may just be the pool boy over at uh, Lily Stream, but yeah, that Lily Stream is one of Queen Guinevere's holdings. It's like one of her vacation spots if she ever decided to show up. It's unlikely, yeah. but yeah, you are the steward and custodian of it. So you do make your introductions to the count and would you like to make a courtesy roll to see how well you come across? Yeah, definitely. And like, all I'm trying to do with this is kind of just like make a pleasant and formal uh, introduction to him. So uh, let's see how I do. That's a pass, a six on an 11. Excellent. You should check your courtesy. Oh, well, young knight, you of course welcome in my reign. He says, um, uh, I, I understand you have holdings here. Um, I expect uh, that while you are in my county, um, you, you know, act as a true knight ought to, of course. Um, very, very good to see that uh, Lily Stream and the surrounding areas are going to be revitalized. I see nothing but uh, good can come of that and our relationship going forward. Indeed, sir. Uh, I hope that you'll be quite Please, but uh, with the improvements I plan to make in Lily Stream, things are coming along quite nicely so far. Yes, and what of your other intentions? Uh, My sir, he's is he asking about um like Lily Stream or like personally? Well, young knight, uh, your ardor for Lady Avielli has not gone unnoticed by the spectators in Camelot and uh, my own demands. Ah, sir. You've noticed uh, my heart has gone, has grown quite fond of Lady Avielli to the point I'm afraid I'm unable to keep much of it contained. Uh, she is at the height of my affections and uh, my one true love. Well, with her father killed, I, of course, am her ward, and I would not let anyone unworthy sully her. What are your intentions with her? I hope you can contain them. Oh, in, indeed. I, I didn't mean to imply. And then he just kind of like stops himself. He's just like, he, he will get down on a knee and he'll be like, my sir, it is my grand intention to marry the Lady Avielli. Uh, in doing so, uh, I would, of course, uh, hope to meet her and your requirements uh, as far as being a proper suitor to her. And uh, whatever that would mean, I would uh, be willing to to accomplish he nods for you to rise and i'll uh, i'll stand back up again well these are fancy words from a fancy man um you're not the first to utter them and 
I dare say not even the first to say so about uh, Lady Avielli. I understand, my sir. What is it that you would require of me? Uh, I, I aim to serve you and, and uh, make you, make you a, a happy lord of this county. Well, I was a dear friend of Sir Amran, as many, many knights were, and I promised him that were anything to happen to him, I would not uh, let anyone unworthy uh, expose his young daughter. And with that, I promised the young lady himself, herself only to allow a true champion of love to have even a chance at this. A noble promise you've made to the Sir Amran. Uh, I, too, was very fond of the man. He was a, a shining individual, and he taught me mostly everything I know about knighthood. He showed me courtesy and gratitude at a time when um, not many others uh, knew or cared of me. So I think it is most honorable that you have made this promise to, to, uh, to Sir Amran. Uh, I would only seek to honor the promise that you've made. And if I was not a fitting suitor for her, uh, I would accept, you know, I would, I would have to accept that, but uh, I hope to prove to you and to the, and to the lady that I am a champion of love and I would be a, a proper suitor for the lady. Uh, I hope to be somebody that can honor the legacy of the, of Sir Amran and, um, you know, uphold the respect of your county. Well, first off, you should check your just. Uh, secondly, he continues, very good. Well, then you are my guest here. And thus, as my guest, I shall make you a gift of this history. And one of his um, retainers hands him a cup of wine and uh, hands you another. And he begins... If there ever was any other knight in Britain who could match the villainy of Sir Bruce Sand's uh, piety, it is his brother, Berlot, and he spits when he says his name. Unlike Bruce, however, Berlot has been known to let ambitions and passions override his sense of self-preservation. It's a fault which has been the end of many an outlaw knight, and it's sure to be the end of Sir Berlot sooner or later. Sir Burlot's involvement with the story of Sir Armin, his wife, and the young Avielli, and of course the harp blade, can be traced back to the lust he once held for Avielli's mother, Leowin. He called it love, but it would be a lie to say that Burlot could ever care for someone other than himself. That Lady Leowin rejected all his advances and was savvy enough to never to leave him an opportunity to involve himself with her, angered Sir Berlot. When, in the end, she married Sir Amran, it enraged him. He harbored a deep hatred for the couple ever after. Sir Berlot decided to act on his hatred the day he learned of the magic of the harp raid and that it could be corrupted into a power he was sure he could master. Sir Berlot promptly arranged an ambush for Sir Amran claimed the harp blade for himself, and marched to Sunle to kidnap Amran's family in order that he might draw their blood and fulfill a prophecy. But rather than meekly submit to the knight and his thugs, Lady Lywin pr proved an absolute hellcat that night. The sight of the harp blade in Sir Burlot's hands, and knowing what it meant to the fate of her beloved, 
drove Lady Wyland to take up arms and lead the small estate garrison into battle. She fought like a woman possessed, and long before the sent for help could arrive from nearby Kenilworth Castle, the last of Sir Berlot's mercenary father's followers lay dying. Sir Berlot himself had escaped with his life, but not with the heart blade. When Sir Amran's body was brought back to the manor, Lywin fell upon it weeping, and thereafter remained somberly mute for the rest of her days. Ever since that day, Berlot had been biding his time, waiting for a chance to find some clue to what has happened to the Heartblade. His hate for Amran and Lywin has transferred onto Lady Aviel himself, herself, and he only suffers her to live for the day he'll be able to corrupt her father's soy by burying it in her breast. He drains a cup of wine and then waits for you. Um, so Golston is kind of like still for a moment. He never really knew the full story regarding um, Amran's death, regarding, uh, you know, the death of Amran's lady. And he's kind of just like, you know, very moved by this tale. But at the end of it, and after a few moments of, of stillness and silence, he downs the wine. And uh, he said he'll just like declare that anybody who seeks to harm the Lady Avielli is a sworn enemy of myself. And like, you know, that's just his like, you know, the 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 part of the story uh, where um, where he's talking about like uh, Burlot like seeks to, you know, drive the blade into Avielli's breast. He like kind of like glows red at that and like he's almost just like spitting as he declares like anybody who seeks to harm the lady like will have to basically get through me and he he waits for that to be taken in and then he seems to be thinking and then he says is that truly something you swear indeed i swear it would you make an oath um, upon it he would he will make an oath upon it because like kind of in his head he thinks um this is like he thinks that like this love and this partnership is like better than anything else and like if he doesn't have that he wouldn't like he wouldn't really see the point in anything so he's like absolutely going to swear to it uh what are you swearing on um i swear that um sorry specifically what item are you swearing on okay swear on an item uh you happen to have a relic, actually. Yeah, I'll swear on the relic, the uh, finger of St. Alban. He, he nods approvingly at this um, and like places his hands over yours as you take the oath. So what are what is the oath that you are swearing? I swear over the finger of this. Uh, I swear over the finger of St. Alban that no one shall harm the Lady Avielli while I breathe on this on this earth. You know, something like that. Like, so while he lives, nobody is going to harm the lady. Um, and like, it's 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 dedicated to to Burlot who seeks to do her harm, but it applies to anybody. Excellent. Uh, you should raise your honor by one right now. But should you fail that oath? Yeah. Should I fail that oath? I don't even. But it's like to him. He doesn't want to live in a world where that happens. So he will like swear it with like every ounce of his being that like, while I'm here, like nobody is going to harm that woman. All right. And let's um, round off Winterface finally with um, 
your glory awards for the last session. Uh, so the last, or rather the last two sessions, because um, your 533 was quite an eventful one for you. So uh, I'm just going to say that while you didn't get a whole lot for the tournament, you know, just the amount of, the sheer amount of things that you participated in, like really added up, um, not to mention like critting in front of uh, King Arthur and the song and, you know, making the Queen's Knights. So uh, get, get your glory totaling um, pencil ready. So for the last year, you got 465 glory plus your annual. So your annual total is going to be somewhat changed. Um, you'll have 465 for make for, for that year. Plus you have 100 a year for the Queen's Knights. Um, plus another 10 a year for, you know, being a manor holder, a land holder, in addition to your um, 100 a year for chivalrous knight bonus, um, plus, you know, your traits and passions for 16 plus. So when you do all your math, let me know what your total is. Okay, so um, my new total is 2,850 glory. Wow, you're actually quite close to another threshold here. I mean, assuming you just don't die, you're probably going to get the the 3,000 mark and just annual glory alone next year. Awesome. Wow. It's a big boost. Yeah. So uh, before we take our break, what, what are um, Sir Golston's um, you know, parting thoughts as he uh, leaves Warwick and heads back to his own estate? He, his skin feels hot. Uh, that's how angry he is right now. Kind of just thinking on how evil men can be. Uh, that somebody just in their greed and just sheer evilness could seek to harm such a great man in his household. And, uh, you know, the fact that he furthers this insult by wishing ill will on Lady Avielli. It's just like a thought he can't even bear. You know, he's just kind of like... A, Walking down the streets, like fists clenched, uh, probably still by himself at this point, uh, because, you know, Baldrick took off a little bit to give him some privacy. And, uh, you know, he's just like brooding almost about this. But he does also see this as, you know, this will be a chance for him to prove his worth and his true love for Lady Avielli. And he'll he'll even uh, I'm going to struggle with the guy's name. Uh, with Art Gulchar, Art Gulchar, Art, Gu- Art, Art, uh, Art Count Art Gulchar, that he is the uh, the best suitor for Avielli. Uh, and that's basically what's on his mind right now is like, um, still just proving himself. And I think it's always been about proving himself for Goliston, but uh, now it's just changed focus. It's about being the the man that he needs to be for Avielli. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description. 